Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? Just want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Now, today's guest is somebody you just meet along the way, and you know he's a really good guy. I mean, Matthew Brackett, we're going to hear so much about. Not only is he a veteran, he is a pastor. He's just an overall amazing guy, especially when you meet him. And I met him finally a couple of weeks ago live. And I still say live meeting, that handshake to is always worth something, no matter who you handshake. Uh, it's always a great, great day. How you doing today, Matt? Excellent. Thank you. Yes, we're recording this on the 31st of of, of, uh, of December. So we're getting ready for the new year. Mm-hmm. But yes, we're doing very well. Thank you. And it's great to be here. Thank you for making time for me, David. Uh, excellent. Yeah. So, I, you know, we, 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 we've had a lot of conversations offline. So we'll, we'll, sh- we'll share some of those conversations uh, now because I know that there's, there's so many things that you're passionate about. Well, why don't you first tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm the 10th of 13 children from small town New England, small town Massachusetts. And my parents have since passed, so I spent a lot of time visiting my siblings, nephews, and nieces. Um, at the age of 18, I went to seminary. I went off on an adventure, what I call an adventure, um, leaving small town New England sort of to see the world and to serve the world in the field of Catholic priesthood. So that, that required 10, 13, 10, 12 years of education and preparation that brought me not to Connecticut, then to Rome, where I did my philosophy and theology, and then um, then received ordination as a priest in 2002. And then that brought me just to Columbia, to Ireland, to England, to Colombia, and then Chile, Mexico, Um and that, and then also into the as we as you mentioned into the navy as the U.S. as a, as a navy chaplain in the United States Navy and working with Marines and with sailors. So that's I mean, in just a few seconds. That's a little bit about about my journey of thirty years in that world. And I stepped away from formal ministry in two thousand and twenty-one. And I'm finishing a degree in my in the psychology of leadership, and I've started to practice uh, coaching and education practice to help people in in their personal development and their development of their leadership leadership of themselves and of others amongst many other things that as you said i'm passionate about <laughs> yeah no and the 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 part i i'm sure it's an interesting blend between leadership and then also faith and spirituality and that's what we you know we talk about here is a, a spiritual side doesn't necessarily have to be defined as a religion but mm-hmm. you need to have that fine balance so how do you find a, a balance like that what does peace and love mean to you <laughs> that's a big question let me backtrack for a second what you just talked about you know there is there's a trend nowadays where people talk about you know i'm spiritual i'm not religious i firmly be, just from an anthropological perspective i firmly believe that the human person is religious but doesn't mean that they're linked to a specific religion mm. but we tend towards the transcendent towards something above us something that's eternal right bigger than us if you want to call it our um you know the divine the the universe the the our greater power our higher power as people call it so yeah so i i 
I like to term it like that because people because of institutional religion and, and the bad experiences people have had, so they, they they sort of grab onto that that I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. But my view, yes, we're, I I see those words almost meaning the same thing, that because it talks about that I aspire to and I lean into, I tend towards something that's beyond me, mm. right? and I think that speaks a lot about the human heart. Now taking that back now to what you just asked me about peace and love and and how do i integrate i suppose the 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 spiritual with the human and again with that it's i think as you said that the the spiritual it's part of who we are as human beings or that 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 aspect of us so i think what in your podcast you're also encouraging people to pay attention to that and to integrate that into their lives right so peace and love those are i have always said that those are big words (laughs) and, and i don't use them lightly um, and I'm sure you don't use them lightly. Nowadays, you know, it's a, they're big, especially love. We use love for everything, right? In, in other languages, and even if you go back to the Greek and and, and even in, in Spanish and other language and Italian, which are languages that I speak, there's there's different levels of different words that they use for like the levels of love. Mm-hmm. Um, but in English, we sort of use it for everything, and sometimes it can lose its power and its meaning. So peace. When we look at peace. I think it comes from it comes from living with this internal alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Of my values and with you know and with myself. To not not living in conflict with ourselves or in contradiction. Now as human beings there's always a little bit of conflict and contradiction that we can experience. But it's that striving to do that, to live that alignment, to to in alignment with what some people would call our conscience, right? Sort of like this guiding light in our life that, that keeps us on track to do what we would consider good and to avoid what we would consider unhealthy or bad. So like conscious, like that internal compass. So I think when I live principles, my values and my beliefs, I live a line that invites peace into my life. Peace also comes from relationship with others. I think, you know, friends and family, and where there is harmony, communication, where there's trust. So I think using that, where there's harmony, healthy communication and trust with oneself, peace can come from that. And also in our relationship with the world outside of us. And I also see that peace comes from my relationship with what we were talking about, the transcendent, mm-hmm. that higher power, God, the eternal, the infinite. But it all has and, to start with us, right? Uh, you know, all of this is, you know, if there's peace within ourselves, we could start believing. Uh, because when there's not peace, even with the transcendent, you know, if there's not peace within ourselves, we're blaming. We, you know, we, we put, you know, a, a different type of play into it versus when there's peace within ourselves, we can see it within others and we can feel it within whatever beliefs you have. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, and then you're right. And I think when people are in conflict with themselves, when there's there's either conflict or anger or whatever it is inside of they they also can bring that to their relationships. And I think it's a piece. Of, it's it's a gift as well. It's a gift that we receive from others, but it's also a gift that we can give to others in the way we look at them, in the way we value them, in the way we approach them, in the way we speak to them. Mm-hmm. In Yes, I think peace comes also with with understanding. Peace comes with compassion. Peace comes with, with mercy. 
you know, and if we were used, you know, something from, from, from biblical tradition is there's this common phrase that comes up, peace be with you. It's almost like peace is something that we can wish and give to others. Yep. So thank you for that. It's such a, such a great topic. And then you also mentioned love, which is another big word, <laughs> right? And which something that we can devaluate because of, you know, we, we love activities, we love events, we love food, we love animals, we love people, right? And there's, I would say that there's an emotional side to love because we can experience love mm-hmm. in our emotions. But there's also, I think love is a decision. And that's sometimes where we can struggle as human beings where we can struggle because sometimes we're not feeling it mm-hmm. right and then people can equate that to why well, i can no longer love because i'm not feeling it so love that's why the, the word in english is, is not good because there's much more to it there is an emotional side but the emotional side doesn't always accompany what love is and but there there's a side that has to do with our will with our decision so love is I think love is dedication. Mm. Love is commitment. Love is a meaningful connection, which has meaning in and of itself, with no other interest, right? Love is not self-interested. Love is, love looks for the good of the other. Mm. Right? And that's and that's why it's not always, there's not always a sense of emotion, right? Look at a parent who loves their child. They're not always feeling great about it. Mm-hmm. Right? When the child wakes them up in the middle of the night and things like <laughs> the emotional, but they're the parents there and they're loving, they're giving, they're committed, they're so interested, right? And so, and love is that's why I like to say something love sacrifice is the language of love. Yes, now let me go on a tangent here because sacrifice it's, it has this negative connotation for us. The, the, the sacrifices, ooh, uh, but we also know that sacrifice brings so much meaning to everything. Okay, if, we, if we go to the Latin, the word sacro facere, right? To make something sacred, make something holy, to make something important. So when something is important to you, let's go back to the image of the child. When the child is important to me, I will do anything to love that child. Right? And those are the, the steps that we take to make something important or someone important. That's what we call sacrifice. Mm. So, so yeah, I see sacrifice as a very positive, positive thing. And we, you know, and we all see it that if you want to grow, well, you have to feel some pain, right? And yep. we could also put the word sacrifice in there because when we have a goal, when we're aiming for something, sacrifices are like the, the rungs of the ladder that we have to climb to reach that goal. And I would say the same thing about love. That's awesome. And love, love is thank you. Well, a little bit more love, and something else that comes to me is love is. It's about being wholly present Mm. to someone, embracing them, and empowering them. And I link love to leadership so much because, and this is in relationships, um, to lead with love in our family as parents and and in the workplace. Leadership is love. There's There's a big movement of that in the leadership space about that leadership is love and bringing love to leadership. So that's then that's I didn't hopefully I didn't go on too long, but those no, that, that was that was fine. There, there, there were so many gems in there. I mean, I, that's why I just let you run. Uh, really, it, it was uh, talking about sacrifice, and you know, I, I've mentioned often that you know we we use the word love too too quickly. You know, for me, love is that unconditional love with even an animal. Uh, you, you know, uh, it, 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 it's having that that you care more about that other 
individual that you know it's not it's not love oh i love pizza yeah you might like pizza and you know you know there's a difference and we need to mm. protect those words and i really i really enjoyed um i didn't want to say love but i i really enjoyed your explanation because those were really you know some pretty deep conversations and, and you know i hope people listen to this uh, more than once because it really does get to the the root the foundation of, of what what you do and so how do you bring it you just mentioned how you you bring both of those pieces into your leadership uh, programs how do you do that how, how does that blend work through well when i think i mean i'm i i and i can say that i love the human person i'm very passionate about the human person okay. and so people some people will be resistant to bringing the word love into into leadership but I think it's one of the greatest things that a human being can do. And it's also one of the things that most all human beings yearn for. We want to be seen, valued, appreciated, and essentially loved. Now, I'm not talking about a romantic or emotional type of love in the workplace, but when we think of love as also being seen, valued, appreciated, and other things like that, that's how we love others. Then leaders are called to love their people because it's leadership is service how we serve others. And again, like I said, we don't have to be emotionally or romantically in love with the people that we serve, but we we care about them. Mm. And we put their well-being first. You know, whether it be in public service, the, the good of our country, all of our citizens, whether it be in an organization, whether it be in a family, mm. to lead with love. And again, it's easy to say, it's very challenging to do because human beings can be difficult. Well, that's it. We, we sometimes get tripped up on the human experience than we do on what our feelings are or we communicate it uh, improperly. Uh, I know I've been guilty of that. I know what my perspectives are. And I just had a conversation like that with a friend of mine. From our perspective, we're always working at our highest good. That doesn't mean that we are. It doesn't mean that it's received that well, that, that way. But when we do that, you know, like when you, that's why there's so many disagreements. You know, if I do something uh, to, or, or say something to you and you might not receive it or it's not communicated in the proper way, you know, you might take offense to it. You might be like, oh, you just said this. And it's not meant in the way that uh, it, was, it was communicated or, or I could have communicated it better. So it's also that important part uh, of leadership is also how we communicate. It is. And that's very complex, whether yes. it be in relationships and also in the, in the workplace. Is um, because again, people we interpret things oftentimes through our filters of our own experiences, and we can also draw conclusions. We can make assumptions, and we don't oftentimes don't clarify maybe what was what was the intent behind what was being said. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, communication communication is key, and it's uh, it continues to be a huge challenge for us as human beings. So, so challenges, I, I know we spoke off uh, and uh, though you've been a, a pastor and uh, you're a fan of sin. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> let's, you know, and, and, and not in, in a bad sense, but, but what, what do you, how, how, let's explain that, uh, how you're a fan of sin and, and what that means to you. 
Right. I remember I, went, I said that once from the pulpit. And actually, it's one of those, I would sometimes, you try to say things in public speaking that gets people attention, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, now they're listening and now I, I can I can really get the message across of, of what I'm saying. And so people that really caught them and, and they would go back over that because they had sin. First of all, let me say that sin is in the root word. It's it, it refers to missing the mark. In other words, we were we were aiming for something, but we missed it. The important thing is that we were aiming for something. But but the other important thing is why didn't what I you know I missed it and I went for something else, which didn't satisfy the need that I was looking or, or it hurt someone or what. In other words, it was a bit diverted. And so to understand the harm that that did, and to understand what was I looking for. And how can I satisfy what I was looking for in a healthier way? Now, what also sin, and we can use other words for that. Right? Um, sin, it difficulties or challenges or our weaknesses, that we could call it, right? Whatever, whatever word we want to put in there to get that sense across. It also it keeps us grounded. And another word for that is humble. Because humble also comes from a word in Latin, right? Meaning sort of the ground, right? That it keeps us grounded. And humility is, it's about, we're big, we're big now and we've always been, but nowadays, you know, living in the truth. That's what humility is, living in the truth of who I am or where I'm at and in the truth of my relationship with others. Mm. So what, what our challenge, what our difficulties do, right? And when we miss the mark, what that does to us, when we face it properly, of course, it brings us, I would say, in the Christian sense, to our needs. It reminds us who we are, that we can continue to grow, but it also makes us look at right, what was I trying to satisfy in my heart in doing what I did, and which ended up backfiring. Mm. Right? Either backfiring on someone else or backfiring on myself. Mm. And so well, there's so much we can learn from it. And the fact is, and whether we use a sin or any other word, the fact is, is that it's it's part of who we are as human beings. So if we 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 can't, we sometimes we, it's, I know there's this contradiction that we live, you know, also in this culture is where we have all these high standards and high ideals that we're all supposed to be perfect, but the reality is that we're not, mm. and so we live pretty frustrated, disappointed, and discouraged. And then we live surprised that people make mistakes. <laughs> How is, and we use the word scandal, and it's all these big words that the media uses around people making mistakes. <laughs> it's part of who we are as human beings. Now, the important thing, and when we sin, when we make mistakes, the, the, the big mistake is when we are proud and arrogant and when we don't, when we are blinded, when we are blinded to our condition, to our weaknesses, to our mistakes. That's why... Being able to see it, there's so many lessons that we can learn from it that it makes it makes us humble, keeps us grounded, and then it leads us to to ask for forgiveness, whether that be from our higher power, whether that be from someone else, or whether that be just from myself, to learn to have grace and forgiveness with one. So such a deep process that comes from missing the mark and making the mistake. But um, we have to aim and yep. shoot and able to miss the mark, right? So I, I'm, this is very much about being proactive. Yes, make mistakes, but be proactive also in the process of learning from them, growing through them. That's and the most we, important we, part. 
And in that, we also, we always look for grace and compassion from other people. And I would encourage all of our listeners to, to give the same grace and compassion and forgiveness and understanding that we want to give that to others. We'll be back in a moment. Hi there, I'm Lainey. And I'm Estella. And we're interrupting this podcast because we have a question for this audience. Do you or someone you know live with a disability or a chronic condition? If yes, you're not alone. One in five people in the U.S. do. We're the hosts of the Embrace It podcast, where we share tips, tools, and inspiration for everyday living with all types of disabilities. Our interviews with badass disability advocates will boost your confidence in all areas of life, including travel, fashion, relationships, career, and more. So walk or roll on over to your favorite podcast player and subscribe to Embrace It with Lainey and Estella. And now back to the show you were listening to, another great show produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring It Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky. That's always the, the, the tough part, right? We, we want the grace. We want to receive the grace when we make a mistake. But do we give that same grace to others? And I, I just had a conversation, not using the word grace, but uh, with, with one of my daughters and saying, would you want somebody else to treat you the way that you just, you just treated somebody else? And then they, you have to think about it. And it, it's more than just being uh, graceful and uh, forgiving. But it's really trying to see that other person's point of view and Mm -hmm. that because from their perspective it's accurate you know that doesn't mean that their responses were right but from their point of view you can't change somebody's story you could say you know to not minimize their story you could say this is how you felt and i understand that and respect that but it's this is where i was coming at and, and if you could understand some of my story that would help us both communicate better because that's really part of the biggest challenge is the communication part is, (laughs) you know, we understand when we don't hit the mark when we, when we sin or we we make a a mistake, it doesn't have to go, you know, because that word sin is like, Oh my God, you know, we think about it as as so high a level of doing something wrong or, or or Mm -hmm. not, or not making that, that, that bar that, that imaginary bar, right? Because uh, from the pulpit or, or wherever, you know, sin is bad, right? The, the seven deadly sins and all those pieces. But it really is more about what do we learn from when I've made a mistake. And, and mm-hmm. that's why, you know, in a religious sense, most of us believe that God is forgiving. And, you know, when we've sinned, even, you know, the unnamed sins, there still is a, a repentance that's able to do that. You're able to lift yourself and, and have that resilience uh, within it. How do you find some resilience within yourself when you've not necessarily created the bar, you know, made the bar that you make? How do you build upon that? The resilience. The I, I suppose we. I learn as I go. As many people say, life is messy. Um, Another phrase I like is live my way to the answers, but I also just fumble my way to the answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Now, going when I've been through a lot of difficult periods in life, a lot of darkness and, and challenges and where and I hated my life and, and when I felt like I was at a dead end. I, and I was like just every my future shattered. And it I never saw that as being strong, but as I look back and also just hearing other people where they affirm that you know the thing that you have so much courage, you have so much strength. When we go through those moments, we don't feel strong. Right. right. But when we look back, we say, holy smokes, well, look what I was able to to walk through. Right. Mm-hmm. I for years in my life I felt like I was walking through quicksand. <laughs> but was what was important is I just had to continue to take one step and I focused on just taking one step after another. Right. And trying to remember and living with hope. That beyond that beyond that that dead end, you know, if, if it was sort of a brick wall or whatever, that there's there is life. There's hope. There's future. There's there's beauty. And I just part of life is taking away each break at a time and beginning to peer through and to see that. So there's so much worth living for. So I think the big picture in life has always given me strength mm. to continue. Why am I doing what am I doing? Why am what I'm doing? Right, the whole thing around purpose, the whole thing around meaning. Um, is where we get motivation. I always say that you know, they'll call them our M&Ms, meaning and motivation, right? Meaning as human beings, are, motivation links on to meaning. Mm. Right? And the motivation in the human being, it needs to attach onto something. And that's what we call meaning. And when that meaning and purpose isn't there, well, of course we don't feel motivated. So the problem isn't motivation, which is where sometimes people go, hey, get yourself motivated. It's not about, mo- it's about meaning and purpose. Yeah. That will then bring up that fire that flame of of motivation yeah meaning is so important in so much what we do you know when when you can't get motivated you have to attack i love that you mentioned that because that's really what it is it's the same thing with arguments it's what is the meaning for you uh and you know and that's really what it comes down to if the meaning is more for somebody else that's when i talk about that recalibration when I work with people is we sometimes have to recalibrate what is your meaning you know my meaning could be zero and for your meaning it could be seven so you know if it's important enough for you and I'm not realizing the importance that's where we need to recalibrate and figure out why is it not important to me or can we you know reduce what what you might be thinking about and, you know, in a way that's both comfortable and safe for both of us. Yes. Yes, everyone runs on a sort of different type of gasoline, right? And is under, it's identifying that. Yeah. Oftentimes we want to put the gasoline that runs us into the tanks of others and and it doesn't do it, right? Indeed. So we have, and it's about working with people to understand what what is their meaning and purpose, what gives them flame. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that, well, that's why I, I love the, the the phoenix metaphor, and, and I know you said you you you've risen out of the there. And uh, do you have a favorite R word? Uh, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, you know, I always talk about we well, would talk about humbling, and well, you need to ground yourself. So I, I often talk about that there's an R in your heart, and because we ground ourselves, the, the letters of earth and heart are the same letters, just rearranged differently. And, right. and what could we do to find the R in our heart, the the words in, in our heart that bring us joy or, you know, some sort of power? 
Yes, and we've talked about resilience as one. Another R word, which I love, and it has a lot to do with my own personal experience in faith and just in life, is the word resurrection. And again, very linked also to the Phoenix, but it's not, there's two angles to look at this, just as a word, right, as a concept of resurrection or rising. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to let me, allow me to talk about it a little bit from the faith, faith perspective, because I think whether you believe in Jesus or in the Bible or not, there's still, there's still a great message here. Mm-hmm. Is, is the way Jesus, you know, when he went through what we would call his passion, right, when he was mm-hmm. condemned to death and scourged and crowned with thorns, had to carry his cross. And, but you believe in that, there's so many images there as, is that Jesus responded to where there was hatred, he responded with love. When there was violence all around him, he responded with peace. He didn't retaliate. He didn't, and and when there was death, he responded with life, mm. which is what resurrection is about. And I think for all of us to be people of resurrection. In other words, when negativity comes towards us, we transform it into resurrection, into life, because in the end, that's what we're called. We're called not only to live, but to give life to others, to give life to others through our words, through our thoughts, through the way we treat others. It's such a powerful and beautiful thing, because that's what human beings can do. That's the power of being human. As we go back to the power to love and the power to give life. It's a resurrection. I suppose in my own life, it was, there's been those resurrection moments. And I think, my this really understanding the resurrection of Jesus, I think it just it, was, it happened in the context of when I was going through a lot of difficulties, and I it was a very impactful moment to, to see Jesus teaching us how to respond to hatred, to violence, to death. That right, and yes, you know that that's so powerful. I, I'm listening to it and never heard it broken out that way, and I'm like. Wow, uh, you know, really, it, it, you know, it, it, you know, I've, I, I've, I've joked with some friends, or even spoken about that the ultimate Phoenix moment is is Jesus, if you believe it, uh, you know, if you, if you follow it, and I, you know, people have always asked me because I come from a Jewish faith, do you believe in Jesus? I go one hundred percent. I go, in fact, uh, when I was being married to my children's mom. You know, we we went through pre pre Cana, and the priest had asked me, you know, what do you believe if we were going to raise the the, the girls Catholic? Uh, and I go, it's a, it's one God. I go, I believe in Jesus. Now, did he be resurrected? That's a different conversation. I don't know. I wasn't there, right? But I go, I believe everything that he he was saying. He was preaching, and that's mm-hmm. what we have to learn and we don't have to but you know it's helpful for all of us when we learn that but i had never heard of the resurrection like that where you brought in actually peace and love uh in so many ways and how many we how many experiences we've all had that those passions of love and really has has leveled us up has resurrected each one of us has risen us out of the ashes of our own lives so i love that thank you so much that was amazing Oh, thank you, David. And it has very much to do with what we were talking about before with sin, right? Mm-hmm. We all, it's all about rising up from that and not getting stuck in that. And so I, to live as resurrected people and as witnesses to resurrection, and I, I mean that and nothing that has to do with faith, 
but it has to do with just with the human experience and to bring resurrection, to bring life to other people, to all the people that we come across. That is, that is awesome. Uh, thank you so much. I, you know, you, that's why I, I really enjoy doing the podcast. You never know where you're going to hear something that really hits your home. And, and there's always something out of every episode that I've had. And, and this was, you've, you've given us a lot of gems during the, the, this episode that are just like, I'm going to have to listen. I, I got to listen to that again. I mean, if you see me moving on the video, I'm like taking little notes and I'm like, I got to listen to that again. Um, wow. This is so powerful. I'd like to explain. So how did this journey, this path that you've been on, so you, you went to, to ministry and then went to the Navy. How, how did that drawer go combine those two? <laughs> for, for me, it was, it was a very easy, it was sort of a seamless transition. People, you know, the civilian wouldn't see it as such, but uh, the organization that I was part of in the, in the Catholic Church was it had a very militant side to it, right? With very discipline, you know, good order and discipline as the military. There was a lot of that, right? But I, why did I do it? I was supposed, it had a lot to do with, with what I was going through my personal life that I needed or I wanted a different space to do ministry in. A Catholic priest ministers oftentimes, most times, to the Catholic population. And I wanted to serve beyond that. I wanted to serve people beyond that because it's true. I mean, there's, and there's so much, it's not downplaying what, what priests do, but there's so many people beyond the pews, there's so many people beyond the walls of the church. Mm. And I wanted to to meet people where they're at. And this is so important for any faith group now. Yeah, It's, it's so important. People aren't going to the, the, the physical building of a church, but to meet people where they're at and to walk with them. So I saw the military, military chaplaincy as an opportunity to of a great diverse ministry mm. because as a chaplain I, I you know i was on a base four thousand five thousand people and i was chaplain to everyone no matter any, the, whatever type of background i was there to love them and care for them in, in their totality not only as marines and sailors but in their just totality as human beings and as a chaplain you help the commanders you know you, you offer i offer that perspective to help the commanders do that that they're leading them as marines and sailors but more importantly, also as human beings, and sort of taken, you know. So I was the sort of the, the promoter and defender of the human element. That's that's what a chaplain does, and so I did it because for that, and I also, I was on this discernment process of, of trying to figure out if I wanted to continue. I was meant to continue in priestly ministry, and so I wanted a different space to be able to do it to continue that journey of figuring it out if this was the right fit for me. Mm. That's that's interesting, uh, and. You know, you, you never know where the, the journey comes, and, and it was really great that you wanted to expand. You know, and it really is. We, we don't we don't necessarily always go. Most churches have their online forums because of the the pandemic, and you know, membership is down you know, across the board. It, you know, it doesn't matter what religion, and it, it's nice to, to have this message. And that's what's probably further taking you on this this leadership piece because it, it's the same leadership. Uh, from the stories that you've done, the education that you've brought in to where you're at now. It is. It's about helping people continue to serve people just from a different perspective. Right? So a lot of services I offer are non-faith-based, but if they want it to be faith-based, then that's also part of the value that I can bring to people. Um, and it's and then there's this, this dual element of how we lead ourselves mm. and then how we lead others. 
And I think just integrating that is so important, right? The, the personal, where the personal and professional intersect is really sort of the, the space where I like to work with, with people because the totality of the human person dealing with us in our totality is so important and not compartmentalizing things and not just worrying about the professional space, but bringing in the whole person. Um, and I believe that when we lead ourselves better, well, we're going to show up better. Right? Going back to what you talked about, peace, right? that peace, that alignment, that when we achieve that in our lives, although for those people who are in leadership roles, they're, they're gonna, definitely going to, they're going to show up with better energy. They're going to be more effective. They're going to make better decisions. They're going to treat their people better. They're going to, the performance is going to be better. The results, it is, it's all benefits, but it's challenging to do. It's challenging for us to look at ourselves and to ask for support and because it's, it's just hard for us to do for whatever reason how we're made as human beings. Well, it's, it's, scary. So it's scary to do that. Uh, that was a part of a, a process that I created called Clubrity. And, uh, we, you know, it's looking at that hard, you know, how did I get here, right? We Again, when we look from our own perspectives, I'm a good person. I, I do this. I made mistakes. But why can't people forgive me? all these things, but then we have to look at ourselves, well, why did we make the mistake and, and things like that? And that's usually where people get scared, uh, you know, to that, that hard look. And sometimes we had to unlearn things. What are some things yeah. that you might have had to unlearn? Some things that I had to unlearn. Um, I thought with, with the process that I went through, well, going to what you said right now mm -hmm. is – I was I had a great inability to look at myself because my whole ministry and service was about other people. Right? Mm. And so when when you know when the kitchen sink was thrown at me, right, it was just of challenges and difficult uh, I was unable. And I didn't know what to do. And I thought that's why I get so passionate about it or and excited about this topic is because I I lived it and I knew how blind I see now how blind I was. Yep. I was doing my best, and, but I didn't have those muscles, those abilities. They, I hadn't developed them. And I don't say that with great pride. And, and a lot of it had to do with just my formation educational process. I think I could have, I could have been served better in that regard of preparing me for life. But um, from an early age, you know, in seminary and all, I was put into leadership roles. So it was always about the other person and it, it really, I didn't have a great ability to sort of self-reflect and self-awareness. And that that did not serve me well. I, and I, so I came to, I suppose, so going back to your question, I had to learn. I had to unlearn the fact that I, as, as a priest, that I had to have it all together. Mm. <laughs> and this touches on a lot of things that we've already talked about. To realize, no, I I don't have to have it all together, and I don't have it all together, and I it's important to deal with it. I've um, I've tried to put it uh tried to brush it under the carpet for a long time, and and the pile gets pretty big, and it's no longer invisible. And there's also, as I say, sometimes there's things that we put in the closet, hoping that they'll disappear, um, but when they're in darkness, they grow or they go bad. And they begin to stench. There's a stench. And so we just can't get away from it. So you mm. have to deal with it at some point. So part of that is, is that learning to do that. And I think my own process as well, my faith journey is learning, relearning how I relate to God, to mm. the divine. 
um, I suppose I've discovered a God who, who walks with me, who loves me, who cares for me, who has my best interests in mind, a God who understands my decisions and who is supportive. It's not a God of like, it's either it's this way or there's no way, right? <laughs> You're right. Right. God, all he, God wants what's best for us. If we're going to talk about God or this higher power, however, what word you ever want to use, but God wants what's best for us. And he gives us intelligence. He gives us our will and he gives us our conscience to be able to do the best we can. And like a parent, he's with us. God is with us in our mistakes when we trip and fall and scrape our knees or when we hurt ourselves. And God is with us when we do really well. Right. And we have to realize, you know, not have to. I, I, I use, you know, uh, that's where that, 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 that sin piece. God will forgive us it, 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 he, because he, she, the universe, the energy knows what's in your heart. And that's why starting cleaning out your own heart is really one of the most powerful pieces uh, in, in my, you know, not to start going into the religious and the metaphysical, mm-hmm. but it really is. It all starts within ourselves. And when, once we start within ourselves, that's where we can start leading in our communities, in, in our homes, in our communities. And then, you know, really the world is, is our oyster as, as you've traveled the world to you know, preach uh, and, and teach different types of leadership. Mm-hmm. Yes. The other thing, David, going, you let me know when we need to finish. Yeah. Because as you can see, I, we could go on forever. <laughs> the, yeah, I'm watching the time. I, we'll, we'll cut right, this to the other thing is the, um, I suppose I've, I've, um, my view of institutionalized religion has adapted or shifted mm. over time. And any, there's, a, I think there's a beauty and there's a goodness. And as, as human beings, we, organizations and coming together as communities are very important. Right. And so there's this sort of like institutionalized stuff can give us direction and guidance. But at the same time, the faith element, people who work in the space of faith have so much power over others. Mm -hmm. And it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous when it's not used responsibly and with a sense of sacredness. Now, it's also very powerful when it's used in the proper way. But, you know, leadership in itself, authority, having authority over people is already a big deal. It's, It's important. And... But when you have authority over people in the religious, in spiritual sphere, it's something to tread very carefully. Mm. I think, sadly, we that's why I think there's a lot of rejection towards institutionalization because people who lead in this space oftentimes don't have the preparation or the awareness or the conscientiousness about the sacred ground that they're walking on. I don't mean I don't mean just faith, but the sacred ground of people's lives, people's consciences, people's relationship with the divine, and, and it's often wielded um, carelessly. Yeah, no, I, I we, we again we can go on on another tangent about that, and and you know, uh, since since we are, I mean, earlier this morning, I you, you know, that's where some of the, the Catholicism really brings in. I mean, with the passing of Pope Benedict earlier this morning. You know, you take how much courage that he took to step away when he knew he he wasn't meeting it, and then with Pope Francis taking that to a new level, where you know, admitting all of our mistakes and saying, 
God will still love us, and and, and you know, we, and, and I'm not trying to go into this whole religious uh, piece of that. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just interesting how we're if we allow ourselves to morph and to the times, and not be so quickly to point out or or cancel, uh, you know, certain things that we might have done in the past. I get the mistakes sometimes you don't want to forgive and you can hold on to that. But at the end of the day, it's so much easier to forgive and put peace into it than to build up those walls and make sure the cracks in the walls don't come down. Mm-hmm. Yes. We, we, I so, think in, in right. organizations, there's a big, we all cling to security and safety, right? And that's why we have a difficulty with change. Right? And we see that in a lot of religious organizations, but all organizations. I mean, I work in the military, it's the same thing. A lot of organizations, organizations have a hard time with change. Sure. Right? And because we want security, we find security and safety and that this is this is how we, but as you said, morphing, changing, evolving. It's that adapting that, 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 so that allows us to grow so much better. You know, while we might, while we might as human beings be afraid of change, we we really are very adaptive beings. But it, it's how you change. If, if I just walked over and said to you, you know, walked into your house and said, Matthew, turn off, take that shirt off and put on another shirt, that probably wouldn't, or, or you doing the opposite to me, uh, you know, that probably wouldn't feel so comfortable. But if I said, hey, you know, I think we're, we're going out to play ball, you might be like, oh, okay, let me change my shirt. You know, you know I, I don't need a, a college shirt to play ball. And, you know, right. and I, I think that's really where, where it comes down to. You know, is how yeah. we adapt to change, how we learn through those changes, and how we grow through those changes. I know the the biggest uh, resurrections in my life, the Phoenix moments, have taught me so much uh, about myself because I've looked for it. I haven't been afraid to look in the mirror and see, you know, rather than put the finger outwards, I, I like to put the finger inwards to see what it does and how I can find peace in, 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 in every situation. Now, we've had so, yeah. so many great conversations, and I know we could have so many more, uh, but I want to try to just wrap up the episode. Is there any final gems or, or what I call, we, let's walk into our magic garden. Is there any seeds you'd like to plant and you know, share with, you know, just leave some other bits of knowledge? Because like I said, I'm going to be listening to this uh, episode a, a couple of times. <laughs> Thank you. I think I... I think we've we've talked about a lot, so I wouldn't have any final seeds. Okay, I've thrown a lot of seeds at your audience today, um, and I would encourage them. As first, the responsibility is on me to continue to strive to live what we've talked about. Mm, sure, I and, and I would encourage your audience to continue to do the same. If anything that's resonated, you know, continue to reflect on it, look at it, and maybe talk to someone in confidence about it, what that means, and. And let's make 2023, let's make it different by doing things, even just one thing, doing it differently, doing it better. That's awesome. Uh, thank you so much for your time. And I, I really I really appreciate the conversations. And I look forward to more conversations and more gatherings where we're, we're together and we're able to sit and, and have these conversations. Thank you, David. Always count me in. If people are looking for me, there's um, my website, although it's not up, but bracketalliance.com on LinkedIn at uh, Matthew Brackett and on Instagram, also Matthew Brackett Alliance. And and I look forward to having more conversations, David. I've very much enjoyed this. Thank you for making time and space for me. 
uh, you're welcome, and, and I always like to make space for people like yourself. And it's been an honor. You know, again, I, I've met so many great people this year, and it's really been really in depth, uh, fulfilling conversations. And I thank you for that. So, and for everybody else, uh, as we're beginning the new year, but this episode will come out uh, during the new year. I just hope you have the best uh, of years. Wishing you health and happiness, and plenty of joy. Uh, you know, and of course. Peace and love, and when you bring the bat, I want you to find your sweet spot. Make sure that you knock it out of the park, and God bless you all. Thank you so much. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios, executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste.